0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your
1: life. This is my Bible. Bible. It is the Word of God God. and the will of God God. for my life. life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. 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 I'm seated right now now. in the heavenly realms in In Christ Jesus the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never never be the same again. again. Amen. Amen. May be seated. Today's message is entitled Developing a Vision for Your Life. Developing a Vision for Your Life. You know, sometimes on social media, I'll see families in the church share pictures of their vision board. And I think that's so wonderful to have goals and to write them down and to make them plain and to put them up and to put pictures on those vision boards of the dreams and desires of your heart. We've been learning that you can take charge of your life and you can change your life for the better by taking action now in any area of life for a better tomorrow. C.S. Lewis wrote, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and you can change the end. And as we've learned, faith is the starting point. Faith is fundamental. It is essential. It is the foundation for building a successful life. But faith is not all there is. Action is required. Tell your neighbor, smile, say, action Action is required. required. Tell your other neighbor, say, action Action is is required. Last Sunday, I gave you Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20. The Apostle Paul wrote now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So our Heavenly Father, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's true. But what if we demonstrate no initiative on our own behalf? Will God really do it all force. And of course, the answer is no. And last Sunday morning we learned about impetus and initiative. And the day's message is entitled Developing a Vision for Your Life. Norman Vincent Peale wrote, "Formulate and stamp indelibly on your mind a mental picture of yourself as succeeding. Hold this picture tenaciously, never permit it to fade." your mind will seek to develop the picture. Wayne Gretzky, the great hockey player said, I skate to where the puck is going to be, not to where it is going. Henry David Thoreau said, I would give all the wealth of the world and all the deeds of its heroes for one true vision. Christopher Reeve said, if you don't have a vision, nothing happens. Helen Keller, a wonderful poet, she wrote, it's a terrible thing to see And have no vision. And of course she could not see with their physical eyes. Winston Churchill, the great British Prime Minister said, it's always wise to look ahead, but difficult to look further than you can see. Les Brown said, it takes someone with a vision of the possibilities to attain new levels. Someone with the courage to live out his dreams. Henry Ford, the great industrialist said, obstacles are those frightful things you see When you take your eyes off the goal, Sam Walton said, Capital isn't scarce, vision is. George Bernard Shaw, some men see things the way they are and ask why. I dream things that never were and ask why not. Warren Buffett, the great investor, said, Someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Just this past week, Jessica and I were watching a movie and There's a scene in the film where someone's driving along a long winding road and along that road are beautiful, ginormous trees, each planted the same distance apart from one another. And my wife, she paused it and pointed out to me, she said, just imagine someone took the time, the effort to plant those trees the same distance, one from another, and look at the end result. But it takes time to see the end result. But if you don't plan, if you don't take action, nothing's ever going to happen. Henry David Thoreau wrote, in the long run, men hit only what they aim at. Michelangelo, the great carver, the great painter, said, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. If you don't know, Michelangelo began carving his famous Pieta of Jesus and Mary when he was only 23 years old. It took him just two years. He carved the famous statue of David when he was just 26. He finished the famous tomb for Pope Julius II in his 30s. And when he finished Moses, Jessica and I, when we were in Rome and saw that place, we saw that church, we saw the tomb of Julius II, saw his statue of Moses, it's lifelike. He finished that in his 30s, and it said that when he finished, he tapped Moses and said, speak. Did all of that in his 20s, his 30s, as a young man. It's astounding. Smile at your neighbor and say, no excuses. No excuses. Say this, say, with God's help, with God's help. I, will I will set some faith goals. Say, with God's help, with God's help. I'm going to reach those goals. It's all throughout the Bible. And Jesus, our Lord, said it with God, all things are possible. So don't let anyone tell you something is not possible. 1 John 5, beginning in verse 3. 1 John 5, beginning in verse 3. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. So our faith overcomes. And our faith brings us the victory. Our faith brings us the victory in our everyday lives and in our circumstances. Number one, think no small thoughts. Think no small thoughts. We're learning today how to develop a vision for your life. My father once heard Oral Roberts describe a plaque that he kept on his desk which said, think, no small thoughts here. My father had one made for his desk. As we know, living in America in 2021, thinking is rare. It shouldn't be, but it is. Reading is rare, thinking is rare, and critical thinking is very rare. So think, and if you're going to think, think, big thoughts. Now remember, as we've learned, goals must be realistic to be achievable. So don't think small thoughts. Don't think little thoughts. Think big. But as you do that, set realistic, achievable goals. You know, there might be a young man and maybe his dream, his desire is to be a real estate developer. And maybe his dream or desire is over time to become the biggest real estate developer in the city. Well, over the course of time, over the course of a decade or two, that goal might be realistic. But if it were his goal to be the largest real estate developer in the city by next year, that would not be a realistic goal. Your goal might be to save money. But if you've never saved even just $1,000, setting aside and saving $10,000 for you is not a realistic goal. And we deal with some honesty this morning. So if you've never saved, saved consistently, to have a realistic goal, you might start out with saving just $1,000. And then from there, you might save $5,000. And then from there, you might save $10,000 realistic, achievable goals. And once there was a young man with a really bad attitude and he was critical of Aaron and critical of my father and critical of me and all this big, big, big talk. You know, the Bible says pride goeth before a fall. It always, it always leads to destruction. And the last I heard everything, he was saying that he was going to pastor the entire city I remember when my father's home pastor, James Beale, was with us in 2006, and at that point he was retired, an older man, wonderful, kind, gracious man. He was actually second generation. My father's pastor was M.D. Beale in Detroit, and her son James was the second generation, prince of a man. You know, a picture like Joel Osteen, second generation, prince of a man. But I remember one of the days that Jessica and I had the opportunity to spend some time with him. He talked to me about buildings. He talked to me about attendance. He talked to me about numbers. And one of the things he said to me, he said, Austin, to be a good pastor, one man can only pastor so many people and do it well. And I know we live in a generation of big talk and big talk on social media. But as I get older, I learned that when Our elders tell us things we ought to listen we ought to pay attention and that wasn't just coincidence because years later when jessica and i were with the price family and we were asking dr fred price some questions he said some similar things to me so again there's nothing wrong with thinking big but our goals ought to be realistic our goals ought to be achievable Because if they're not, you're never going to get there. Say, I am determined. determined. Say, I am resolved resolved to experience experience what God says says belongs to me. me. Say, I will not quit. quit. Say, I will fight the good fight of faith faith until I'm living out out the promises promises of God. So don't think small thoughts. Don't think little thoughts. Think big, and as you do, set realistic, achievable goals. And to do this, we have to add the second point. Number two, don't do anything without a plan. Smile at your neighbor and say, have a plan. plan. Smile at your other neighbor and say, have a plan. We, again, we're learning how to develop a vision for your life. Thank God in our family, when it comes to big decisions, we've not made many mistakes, in our family, as you've heard my father say, most mistakes have been made on impulse, shopping, buying cars, investments. You know, uh, I was wired up last night, and I, I'm, Jessica has needed some help with Emily, so I got Emily to sleep, and I was awake, looking at old photos. But if, if a young person came to Jessica and I said, what's one thing you would do different in your 20s? You know, when we were newly married, we were thrilled. We're walking in the blessing of the Lord. Well, we, we just bought too many cars, and we traded too often. Now, that, that's impulse. That's shopping. That can all be corrected, but learn to live a deliberative lifestyle, and there's nothing wrong with having what you want and driving what you want, but the fewer transactions you make, the better your bottom line will do. You know, if you, my parents growing up, when I was watching my parents, when I was growing up in my college years, the home they lived in in North Arlington, a few doors down, there was a neighbor, wonderful property, kind, gracious family, very, very blessed, just a phenomenal property. But it stood out to me how conservative they were. And I, I talked to my father about it, and I noticed that no matter how blessed they were, they, they were very conservative and shrewd. And so what that man would do is he would go buy the nicest Mercedes, what he wanted, but he would buy it towards the end of the body cycle. He'd get a deal on it. Better deal than you, when you buy it when they first come out. When they first come out, they've got bugs, they've got issues, they've got other problems. And he would, he would drive that vehicle for about 10 years until the next body style. Well, see, you're gonna do better than trading every year or trading every year and a half. Can I get an Amen. amen. Now, if you bought something on Amazon, that's less of a mistake than buying a car you shouldn't buy. <laughs> Live a deliberative life. Don't change your career or job every six months. Be faithful, be consistent. Look before you leap. Think before you speak. Have an exit strategy before you make an investment or a career move. And always have a backup plan. Smile at your neighbor say, have a backup plan. In the major endeavors of life, you may need a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. The bigger the endeavor, the more planning will be required. Say, with God's help, I'm going to set some goals. goals. And with God's help, help, I will reach reach my goals. goals. Number three, learn to set goals. Short-term goals, intermediate-term goals, and long-term goals. Learn to set goals. Short-term goals intermediate-term goals, long-term goals. We're learning how to develop a vision for your life. You may have a plan to graduate from college and then to go on to earn an advanced degree, to get married, to have children, to become a self-made millionaire. That's all wonderful, but you're living in a fool's paradise if you say you're going to do it by next year. Goals should be realistic to be achievable set goals in stages. And don't be discouraged by this. One of the things we say, at least a couple times every year, is that time is passing by whether we do the right things or the wrong things. Time is passing by whether we make the right decisions or the wrong decisions. And there are some young people in the church in their 20s and 30s, and since I'm in my 30s, I include us people in our 30s as the young people. Amen. And I'll hear about someone in the church finishing their college degree or finishing their master's degree or finishing their doctorate. And that makes me so happy. That makes me so proud of them. Whether they're 28, whether they're 35, whether they're 45, whether they're 55, job well done. Time is passing by. So it might take you some more time than you thought. But if you have short-term goals, intermediate-term goals, long-term goals, and if you're taking action little by little, sooner or later, you're going to get there. You know, it took me longer to finish my education than my father, but I just kept plugging away at it, and I, I got there. So set some goals. Set goals in stages. And remember, they have to be realistic to be achievable. And develop an overarching goal for your life. Submit your life to the Word of God. Ask the Lord what He would have you do with your life, with your gifts, talents, and abilities, and seek to live in His perfect will. Proverbs 16 and verse 9 says, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. That's how we ought to pray. Lord, direct my steps. Lord, direct my steps this day. Lord, what would you have me do? Young people, Lord, where where would you have me go to school? You know there, there are some things that are more important than life than being a longhorn or being a horn frog or being a mustang, and I'm a horn frog. I'm, it's fine, amen. Purple, 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 but the Lord knows where you're going to be better off. The Lord knows where you're going to meet that right man or that right young woman. So bring the Lord into it. Ask the Lord what He would have you do. Ask the Lord to direct your steps. What would He have you do in your life and in your career and in your family? Before you say yes and go on that date, Lord, Lord, should I or shouldn't I? Bring the Lord into your life in every, every decision. Someone comes to you and says, May they got a great investment. All they need is $10,000 or $20,000 and you'll be a millionaire by next year. Well, you should have enough discernment to not have to pray about it. Amen. Amen. But even if you don't, ask the Lord what to do. We learned last Sunday, 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 11. Make it your ambition, your goal, to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your hands just as we told you, so your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. And so you will not be dependent on anybody, on anyone. So that's the goal, that we live in such a way that outsiders, they they respect us even if they don't agree with us. They respect us even if they don't believe like us. And that's the goal, that we come to a place where we're independent of man, and independent of government, and independent of needing this check or needing that check, we come to the place where we are dependent only on Almighty God. That is the goal. That's the place we ought to get to. Say, I'm determined determined to experience experience what God says belongs to me. I will not quit I'll fight, fight I'll fight the good fight of faith until I live out, I live out his promises. Out. Number four, setting goals and reaching them builds faith into your heart and character into your life. Setting goals and reaching them builds faith into your heart and character into your life. You know, there, there, were, there were times, I mentioned education, there, there were times I did not want to keep going. There were times that I I wanted to quit, but I I knew because of my father, quitting was not an option. I knew because of Jessica, quitting was not an option. So whatever it is, you just got to keep going. Setting goals, reaching them builds faith into your heart and character into your life. Too many believers have no goals. Too many believers have no vision. Too many believers live Paycheck to paycheck with their nose to the grindstone. So set some goals. Set realistic, achievable goals. And no more complaining. No more crying. No more grumbling. No more whining. No more pouty faces. No more excuse making. You know, the reality is when I I see someone and it's like, "Here, here, here comes Austin, here comes Jessica. And they put on a pouty face. There, there's no faith in that. There is no victory in that. And the Bible says that there is, whatever it is, there is a time to mourn. But at some point, you got to shazak yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord, and move past that, forgetting what is behind, looking towards what is ahead, keeping your eyes on Christ. So no, no more excuse making, smile at your neighbor, say no more pouty faces, got to give our wonderful heavenly father a reason to bless you. Now, sometimes when people are new, they'll ask, why do you always teach on success? Well, after someone gives their life to Christ, Satan often attacks by attacking their body, their family or their finances. 1 John 5, 3 and 4, again, it tells us, this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So Christianity is a faith that overcomes. And in Christ, we are overcomers. So no matter what your circumstances are right now, you don't have to stay defeated. You don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to stay sick. You don't have to stay in need or in lack or not enough. In Luke 4, Jesus quoting Isaiah said this about himself in Luke 4, verse 18, "'The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, "'because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. "'He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, "'recovery of sight for the blind.'" And to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So what is good news for those in prison? Those bound by drugs, demons, or alcohol. The good news is that you can be free. The good news is you don't have to be bound any longer. And that's what Jesus said. He said, freedom for the prisoners. What is good news to the blind or to the sick? It's that you can be healed. And that's what Jesus said, recovery of sight for the blind. What is good news to the poor? Is good news to the poor that you'll live with your nose to the grindstone every day until the day you die? Is that good news to the poor? Is good news to the poor that you'll never be well fed? You'll always be hungry? No, good news to the poor is that you don't have to be poor anymore. And that's why every Sunday and every Wednesday what we are proclaiming is the year of the Lord's good favor. Now, if you look up in Isaiah, the verse that Jesus quoted from, the very next part of that verse, it tells us what's coming next. The day of vengeance of our God. It's coming. The day of vengeance of our God. But right now, we are still in the year of the Lord's good favor. So we might as well enjoy it. We might as well walk in the fullness of it. We might as well walk by faith and live in his blessing. So you don't have to stay defeated. You don't have to stay sick. You don't have to remain poor. In Christ, we should walk in freedom. In Christ, we should walk in healing. In Christ, we should walk in his blessing. It in fact is selfish to not learn how to live a life of victory. It is in fact selfish to not learn how to live a blessed life. Now, just in the last few weeks someone shared with us how family situation, a man has chosen to leave his wife, to leave his children. It's selfish. I said, it's selfish. Well, in the same way, it's selfish to stay where you're at. It's selfish to not learn, to not grow. It's selfish to not have any goals for your family, for your church, for the kingdom of God. It is selfish to stay where you're at. It is selfish to not learn how to live a life of victory. It is selfish to not learn how to live a blessed life. Say, with God's help, help. I'm going to set some faith goals. Say, with God's help, help. I'm going to reach those goals. Number five, what if you had the vision to do what we have done in giving? What if you had the vision to do what we have done in giving? We're learning about how to develop a vision for your life. This January, Faith Christian Center will celebrate its 38th anniversary. Praise God. 38 years. And in these nearly 38 years, the church has given away more than $12 million. Pastors Gene and Sue have personally given away more than $7 million. Just this year, Jessica and I have crossed giving away more than half a million dollars into the gospel since we've been married. And we're we're in full-time ministry So with the help of God, what can you achieve as a full-time businessman or businesswoman? Say, with the help of God, all things are possible. possible. And again, in the business world, in the corporate world, in investments, what can you achieve as a full-time businessman or businesswoman? There's a man in the church, and part of his vision for his business Part of his vision is funding the kingdom of God. It's a part of his business's goals. It's on his vision board at his business. And he'll often tell Pastor and I how challenging it is to recruit competent, hardworking people of excellence in this weak, lame, sissified culture. And he has to go through a lot of people just to get a few people that he thinks are viable Candidates. Who's that? People with the pulse. <laughs> and so he'll go through that process. But he, he tells us that sometimes then when they, they, they're there, they're learning the business, they, they see the goals of the business. They see the vision board. They see that part of the vision for that business is funding the kingdom of God. And that a percentage of profits goes to the kingdom of God. And he tells us that that offends some people. And they don't want to work for them. And they don't want to work for a business in which a certain percentage is given away. And that's why they have nothing. That's why they are nothing. And that's why they achieve nothing. Because they are selfish people. And if you ask their husband or wife, they would tell you they're a selfish person. If you ask their children on December 26th about them, they would tell you they are a selfish person. Person. But that's a part of his business. That's a part of the vision of his business. And that is funding the kingdom of God. With the help of God, what could you achieve as a businessman or businesswoman? You know, Pastors, Gene and Sue, have come to the place where on average they give away a minimum of 20%. Well, imagine this. What if a businessman generated $4 million a year in his business and gave 20% of that income back into the kingdom of God? That would be $800,000 every year. Well, what if 10 businessmen or 10 businesswomen had that vision? Well, that would be an extra $8 million into the kingdom of God. Well, what if 100 businessmen or 100 businesswomen had that vision? Nothing would be impossible. And you might say, Austin, that's crazy. My point is think bigger than you've been thinking, have a vision, have goals have short-term, intermediate-term, and long-term goals. Think bigger than whatever it is you have been doing. And I've been astounded at what God has done in the church and our families, your families in the past few years. And you've, you've heard me say that when Pastor challenged us in the spring of 2018. At the time, in real time, I I was unsure. But looking back, it is amazing what God has empowered us as a congregation to do. It is amazing what God has enabled us as a congregation to do. When I asked the office a few weeks ago, how much Jessica and I had given this year, I I was astounded to learn not that amount, but that we've given that amount extra into the challenge offering this year and toward our outstanding commitment. With God, all things are possible. But see, if you had told me in 2018, by 2021 we'd be doing that, I would not have thought it possible. So that's part of our pastor, his leadership, to challenge us to think bigger, to challenge us to dream bigger, to challenge us to set some goals. Tell your neighbor, say, stop thinking small. small. Tell your other neighbor, say, think big. big. Tell your other neighbor, say, "Dream dream big. Number six... Success in life is all about connections. I'm speaking to you today about developing a vision for your life. And as pastor has encouraged you, as I've encouraged you, if you haven't already, get a copy of Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And no, we're we're not doing this to sell books, amen. Whether you get it in the cafe or from Amazon, get a copy of The Miracle of Seed Faith. Learn to look to God as your source and your only source. You've heard Pastor Account how since he and Pastor Sue read and reread the Miracle of Seed Faith in 2017, and how since Jessica and I have read and reread it, we're walking in more miracles than we can count. We're walking in ever increasing and new levels of blessing. It's all about connections, it's all about love, it's all about honor. And honor. Or the lack of it is one reason why some people behave and talk a certain way. It's one reason why some rise and others don't. Love and honor, love and honor, love and honor. It's all about love and honor. Remember one time when Jessica and I were in Houston sitting there listening to Joel Osteen and he said to a group of ministers, he said the key to everything is honor and they are people of honor. Honor honor. Honor, honor. It's all about love and honor. First Chronicles 12, beginning in verse 16, says other Benjamites and some men from Judah came to David in his stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, if you have come to me in peace to help me, I'm ready to have you unite with me. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies, when my hands are free from violence, may the God of our fathers see it and judge you. The Spirit of God came upon a Masai, chief of the 30. And he said, we are yours, O David. We are with you, O son of Jesse. Success, success to you, success to those who help you, for your God will help you. See, that, that, that's who we ought to be. And pastor ministered a few weeks ago on walking in love. Then Aaron Wood did a follow-up message on walking in love. See, if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be for one another. So we ought to be saying success, success to you. We ought to be saying success to each other and success to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's who we should be for our pastor, saying success, success to you. It says in verse 22, day after day, men came to help David until he had a great army like the army of God. So that may, may that be true of us, and may that be true of Faith Christian Center, as long as the Lord tarries. As we've learned, when you love and honor the one who carries the anointing, the anointing that is on them will come on you. And I would encourage you to watch or listen to Pastor's Fall Power Lunch message, The Elisha Secret, if you haven't already. It's all about connections. It's all about love. It's all about honor. Number seven, God has need of your success. See, you may not feel like your success matters, but it does. Your children are counting on you. Your grandchildren are counting on you. You might say, Austin, I thought you said the Lord's coming. He is, but as long as he tarries, we have to live our lives in such a way that we prepare our children And our grandchildren to live righteously in wicked days. Jesus said in the Gospels that when He comes, it will be like the days of Noah. The days of Noah were wicked. So we have to prepare our families accordingly. We have to raise our children and lead our families accordingly. God has need of your success. Your family has need of your success. Your children have need of your success. Your grandchildren have need of your success. The kingdom of God and Faith Christian Center has need of your success. So determine not to stay where you're at another year. Determine not to finish another year barely ahead of the last year. Set some goals. Set short-term, intermediate-term and long-term goals. And if you don't reach them by a certain point, don't get discouraged. Just keep taking action. Just keep taking action little by little. Determine to not stay where you're at. As we've learned, God has more for us. He wants to do immeasurably more. But we have a part to play. And it's selfish. It's selfish to not learn how. It's selfish to not learn how to live a life of victory. It's selfish to not learn how to live a blessed life. God has need of your success. The kingdom of God has need of your success. Faith Christian Center has need of your success. Your husband or wife has need of your success. Your family has need of your success. So succeed. Lift up your eyes and succeed. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what he wants. Paul wrote to Timothy that our Heavenly Father, he wants all men, all men and all women to be saved. But it takes money to fund the gospel. It takes men and women with big visions, big hearts, big character, big goals, big giving, big action to make it happen. So say this life is not just about me. Say God is counting on me. Say my family is counting on me. Say my church family is counting on me. me." Say, me." Say my church is counting on me. Our heavenly Father has need of your success and he wants you to succeed. Say that, say God has need of my success. Say my heavenly Father, he wants me to succeed. He wants me to prosper. He wants my dreams to come to pass so I can be a blessing to the kingdom of God to my family, and to those in need. Say this, say, I'm going to set some goals. Say, with the help of God, I'm going to reach my goals. Say, I am determined. Say, I am resolved to experience what God says belongs to me. Say, I will not quit. Say, I will fight in the good fight of faith until I live out his promises. You can take action today for a better tomorrow. You can change your life and your circumstances for the better by taking action today for a better tomorrow. And with the help of God, you can. And you might say, well, Austin, so-and-so says I can't. Got to hit the mute button. Got to turn the dial to the off position. God says you can And if our wonderful Heavenly Father says you can, then you can. With Him, all things are possible. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord, the Savior of your life. Our Heavenly Father, He, He loves you. He loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And He wants you to be a part of His family the family of God. This world that we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that that is sufficient, that you'll be in heaven someday. That's a lie. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. You, I, every one of us, even the children in Children's Church, we are all in need of a savior and his name is Jesus he's standing at the door of your life he's knocking but you have to open the door and ask him to come in and if you do that you'll become a part of the family of God you'll know what it is to live life with God as your help God as your source God as your ever present help you'll be a part of the family And your life will never be the same. If you're here today and say, Austin, I have never asked Jesus into my heart. I have never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I want to. I want to give him my life today. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand to where I'll see it. Thank you. Young man, I see your hand. Say, Austin, I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to ask him to be my Lord and Savior. That's you wherever you're seated. Raise your hand clearly to where I'll see it. You might also be here today and at a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you you know in your heart you've not been living for the Lord. You know you've been doing your own thing and you have paid the price. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible also tells us the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I need to recommit my life. And I want to leave here today knowing that I have peace with God. That's you this morning. Raise your hand. Clearly to where I'll see it, so I know you want me to pray with you. So Austin, I want to pray. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with the Lord before I go. For the sake of the young man who raised his hand, I'm going to ask that if you raised your hand for either invitation, come, join me at the front. I want to pray with you. And no one here will think a thing of it. They'll be excited for you. They will rejoice with you. They'll be thrilled. The Bible tells us that when one person enters the family of God, all of heaven rejoices. His mercies are new every morning. So maybe you didn't raise your hand for either invitation, but you know this is for you. The Holy Spirit is dealing dealing with your heart. Come forward and join us at the front. We're going to pray. Repeat this prayer after me. If you're watching online, listening online, repeat this prayer with us. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. And I ask Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I believe that he lived for me on my behalf. I believe that he took my sins upon himself. And he suffered. He paid the price I deserve to pay. And he died on my behalf. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe that from this day forward, he will live in me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. God bless you. If you take just a moment and go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, he's got some things to give you, bless you with. We give you right back, get you right back in the service. Let's take a moment, lift your hands, say, Heavenly Father, I know you love me. I know you want to bless me. I know you want to give unto me and our family and our church family the desires of our hearts. And so I thank you by your Holy Spirit showing me the things to tweak, the things to change, the things to improve, the things to stop doing, the things to start doing, to walk in all that you have for me and for us. And I thank you for giving us divine ideas by the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I ask you for your help setting goals, short-term goals, intermediate goals, long-term goals that I would walk in all that you have for me and all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. And one of my favorite stories and you know, in this culture you might be new you hear me say story does he mean like bedtime fictional story like snow white no i believe everything in the word of god is true one of my favorite things in the bible is the story of jacob he got off to a rough start if anyone was in need of grace and mercy it was jacob And uh, he he was in constant need of grace and mercy. And he had some reaping. He had some reaping, not just positive. He had some negative reaping. But Jacob loved the Lord, and Jacob walked in the blessing of God. And Jacob did some unusual things in his business. And you might read that and think, why, how, how, I don't understand. He did what he did by the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, all it takes is one or two ideas from the Lord, and you can come to a new level, a new place of blessing. So tomorrow, this week, ask the Lord for his help. Ask the Lord for his help in your marriage. Ask the Lord for his help in your parenting. Ask the Lord for his help in your work ask the lord for his help in your cells between now and the end of the year and if you ask him for help he will help you because he is kind and he is gracious and he loves his people amen
0: thank you for listening to this life-changing message to partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.